kind of wines they have because we're in a Chinese restaurant. I was like, we just ordered everything off the menu for like ten dollars. Like, why, why, why do you think we would have? They would have good wine here. It makes no sense. Makes zero sense at all. My girlfriend recently asked me to go uh, to therapy uh, because she's tired of telling me what's wrong with me and she want to outsource it to someone else. And I don't want to go to therapy, and it's not because of stigma, you guys. I get, I hear that a lot. They're like, men don't go to therapy because of stigma, and I don't think that's true. Because there's a stigma to public masturbation, but every public transit comes pre-installed with a purpose. Just like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, like, sometime in their life, like, some guy's like, hey, man, what about the stigma? He's like, oh, I don't know. This just feels too good. <laughs> yeah, I think there's an easier way to change your man, ladies, if you're uh, dating someone, and uh, it's just, uh, a lot cheaper. You just give him some pussy. That's that's all you need. Just microdose him a little. Like I can honestly see my own grandma like spontaneously combust in front of me, and I would be sad. But if like a nice lady came and like, hey, you want some pussy? You know, I'd be like, oh, I feel better immediately. I start walking down the street whistling and shit. You know, giving that one of these dumb salutes. Anyway. But yeah, sometimes I uh. Sometimes I get into arguments with my girlfriend, it's always a bad idea, you know, because I always forget how good she is at it. You know what I mean? She got me, like, backpedaling like I'm a president at a press conference, you know what I mean? Just, like, dodging shoes like George George W. I started saying shit that don't even make sense. I'm like, it was locker room talk. You know, I wasn't looking at her butt. It was too small. I can't see it. And one of her friends was chime in. CNBC, you said your girlfriend was a bitch. And I'm like, fake news! Yeah, so I try to make it up to her after a fight. So I take her to Daiso. You guys don't know what... You guys don't know what Daiso is. It's uh, it's like a 99 cent store, but like the Asian version of it. Uh, which also means it's classier, but not because of the reason you think. You know? Like the clientele is just a little better because in Daiso they just love to make you do math for no apparent reason. Like they, they clearly know that they're in the U.S., but they like to price everything in Japanese yen. You know, you get up to the front, they're like, "Oh, it's three thousand yen equals a dollar and fifty cents, and you have seventy thousand yen. How much do you owe?" That's when you rob them. I'm just kidding. Like people don't rob. You wouldn't rob because you don't know how much the things cost. You know, like in California, if you steal like anything over like nine hundred twenty-five dollars or something, it's like a felony. Every time I look down my basket, I'm like, oh, this could be like five dollars or it could be like a million dollars. I have no idea. I have no idea. I uh, to get through my nerves right before I got here, I had period sex. Thank you, thank you. She was a slave. And I was a soldier from the Civil War. I said, uh, you're going to be fine, miss. You're going to be free in about five minutes. But right now. We didn't know if it was okay. She was like, oh, is it okay? Can we, can we do this? Is it all right? I'm like, sure, babe, it's fine. You're white and I'm black. Totally fine. All right, that's my time. Let's bring uh, Alex back up here, everyone.
Keep clapping for Dorian Throng, everybody. San Francisco's very own. You made him. You created him. Uh, not on me. Uh, your next act, everybody. Your next act, uh, please make some noise for Molina Best, everybody. Make some noise for Molina Best. Coming up to the stage, clap real loud all the way from Portland. How y'all doing tonight? Good. All right. So I took a Lyft ride to work the other day, and the driver was like, Melinda? I'm like, Melina. He's like, I think I gave you a ride before. I'm like, then why'd you get my name wrong, bitch? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? little bit more about me I I work in a dying industry I'm a server at an old folks home most of the people I serve are regulars that's what they're not like there's one resident Edith she has a habit of eating her place at I mean, I can't really blame her. The service is pretty slow. I was <coughs> taking my time uh, getting to the resident's table, and she said to her table mate about me, you're mentally challenged. <laughs> I mean, I would have preferred a tip <laughs> on a medical diagnosis. <laughs> the other night a resident wanted a fork I brought over a fork and she said oh I took one from the other table because I <laughs> didn't have faith in you I'm like lady your days are numbered so <laughs> last valentine's day uh President wanted to give me a tip, not a medical diagnosis. I declined, and he flipped me a hundred. I said, "Your place or mine?" Like, <laughs> last Valentine's Day. A resident told me they were going to write me into their will. So I quickly grabbed a pen and was like, can we do this while you're still lucid? Like <laughs> my favorite resident, though, he's 102. I've adopted him as my second grandpa. And like, he's like, maybe ease up on the affection. Like don't visit my room every day. It was my birthday recently. Well. And so I told him as much, and he was like, I'll take the soup. <laughs> I mean, I my daddy's hard of hearing. So I wrote it down, and he was like, 
he accurately guessed my age and asked how old I thought he was. I said 32. He was upset. He said, I'll take the meatloaf. Can't win them all in time. So I've been with my boyfriend for about 10 years. I'm a hopeless romantic, and he's a cat. <laughs> I got a tattoo of him. <laughs> I told him he had to get one of me. <laughs> we got to the tattoo parlor, but he pussied out. I mean, it is forever. <laughs> so I'm thinking my next tattoo will be of me with a tattoo of him. But my favorite part about having this tattoo is the people who will look at it and be like, is that your cat? Yeah, like, <laughs> how rude would it be to have someone else's cat on my arm? I did a comedy show in Portland, and afterward a guy was like, you were funny. I just got to say thank you. And he said, in a good way. <laughs> I I mean, I'm mentally challenged, so I needed a clarification. Because I was. Um, a while back, I dated a human. Like always. <laughs> and he said, no offense, but are you autistic? I said, no offense. I'm not offended. Don't worry. I recently visited my grandparents, and my mom said, uh, tell your jokes to your grandma. And my grandma was like, I'm going to go hide in the closet. Right? That's what you... Uh, yeah, if you don't want to. I'll leave you with this. I um, took a another lift, uh, and the driver was like, "Have a good night," and remember to wake up in the morning. <laughs> I just took a trip. <laughs> I've been Melina Best. Have a good one. Clap more for Melina Best, everybody. You know the drill. Fantastic. All the way from Portland. So funny. Uh, your next act, your next act is another San Franciscan, uh, has the most Italian name I've ever heard in my life. 
Uh, please give it up for Lorenzo Barberis Caratico or something like that. It's close. Uh, I'm pretty close. <laughs> Clap some more for this guy. Come on. I'm not trying it again. As I promise, I'm not going to correct you on the way you pronounced it. I know it would trigger you a little bit. No, I'm kidding, kidding. Um, hey, everybody. Before I begin, I think you should know a little bit about the context as to why I'm doing this. So I'm a data scientist, and I work at the kind of university that would probably fire me, so you see that I'm here tonight. Um, but I mostly do this because, as a data scientist, I come across a lot of very um, provocative and shocking statistics, and I, you know, to try to make sense of it and learn how to tell people the truth without making them cry, I decided to try my hand at stand-up, right? So what I'm mostly going to focus on tonight is actually I'm going to talk about a breakthrough that I had at work this I think I finally figured out why gay guys hit on me. Okay, okay, actually, correct this, because I'm sure one of the gay comics in the audience is going to stand up here and say, I find Lorenzo unfuckable. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm not saying all gay guys hit on me. I'm specifically referring to, to the random dudes that DM me on Instagram, okay? See, I've been sharing screenshots of my Apple Watch after I work out as like my Instagram story because I don't really care about social media, but there's just enough of a pool to make me more consistent about the healthy habit of exercise. And the moment I started doing that, you know, people started DMing me, you know, because they were excited about the kind of workouts that I was doing. And uh, it's mostly dudes, right? And so recently I shared the results that I got from my latest body scan, and, uh, and I discussed, like, I lost 2% body fat. Woo! No, really? No celebration? Like, you know, it's actually kind of difficult. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, and it was like I gained four pounds of muscle, and most importantly, now the muscles in my body are apparently uh, perfectly And so this random dude DMs me and says, yo, man, can you send me a picture? I want to see it for myself. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I just couldn't, like, make sense of this. But before I make fun of gay men's porn preferences, um, let me prove to you that I'm actually an ally of the LGBT AIQ plus community. I just want to make sure I don't get canceled, you know, for the joke I'm about to make. I'm going to prove this by settling, like, the debate, you know, that affects, I think, all men, actually, once and for all, which is that gay men have big dick energy, okay? And the reason as to why I know this is because data scientists have actually created a unique data set of all male porn stars. And then once they started categorizing them as gay male porn stars versus heterosexual male porn stars, they were able to then read, look at the statistic, right, of what is the average penis size of a gay porn star. It's half an inch bigger than a heterosexual porn star, which I think just objectively proves gay men have big dick energy, okay? Now that I put this out of the way, yeah, I couldn't make sense of, like, why are all these men just DMing me on Instagram? And um, then I came across, like, another major data point this week that kind of clarified the situation. So apparently, straight guys is the fifth most popular porn category for gay men worldwide. I did not know that. I was like, this is so random, right? And it really couldn't make sense of this, right? But now I was like, okay, I get it. Like, it's part of the fantasy, right? Turning a straight guy, right? So I asked one of my gay friends, and I was like, what do you think this means? Like, I didn't even know this was a thing, right? And he just had to explain to me. No, Lorenzo, you don't understand. For us bottoms, it's very hard to find tops. And initially, I didn't understand what he meant until I looked at the data from Grindr, okay? So the ratio of bottoms to tops is seven to one. So the reason as to why gay men are desperate to turn heterosexual guys into conquest is because they're desperate from a purely a ratio perspective of tops to bottoms. 
And that's when it hit me. Oh, my God. The reason why this is happening is not because I'm doing anything particularly strange to invite this kind of attention on Instagram. The reason as to why this is happening is because gay men, you would think, have the best sex life of all time. And somehow, somehow, evolution and nature still manages to screw you at the end of the day. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Make some more noise for the horniest statistician you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man, your next act, everybody. He's here all the way from Massachusetts. Really good guy. Please make some noise for Joe Capinos, everybody. Give it up for Joe Capinos. Keep clapping even more. Keep going over your host, Alex, everybody. Wow, that, that was, yeah, you're like, he's not doing that great. I thought he was doing fantastic. Apparently not everybody else thought so. Uh, I was also like, I'm stoked because Alex actually asked me how to pronounce my last name. Uh, and most people don't tend to do that, and they'll just always get it wrong. Like, I admit, I have terrible handwriting. And one time I put my name on a list, and someone, rather than asking what it was, they just assumed they knew what it was. They're like, coming up next to the stage, your next comedian, Joker Penis. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that's not it. And then apparently it stuck. <laughs> Everybody loved it, and uh, I stopped going there. So, <laughs> uh, have y'all heard the phrase? Uh, or there, there are two guarantees in life. Do y'all know the two guarantees in life? Okay, okay. What, what are the two guarantees in life? Death and taxes. I went to a, a local uh, comedy show out in Rhode Island uh, not too long ago. I found out there are three guarantees in life: death, taxes, and if you give a middle-aged straight white man a microphone, he will complain about his marriage. A lot. Yeah. Uh, I should have. I should have kind of like figured it out from the get-go, you know, like looking at the flyer, they had like quintessential names that you would have guessed they would have been misogynistic. It was like Mike Hockey, peaked, <laughs> peaked in high school Peter, like it just kind of had those vibes about it. But like they complained about like the dumbest shit, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like one of the guys was like, oh, ever since I got married, my wife started making me wash my balls. I was like, dude, what were you doing before? Like, did you just, you just thought the dribble down from the shampoo was good enough? You could tell what kind of guy he was because he was like, oh, I like using those three-in-one, uh, you know, sh shampoos. You can, uh, you can wash your body, your truck tires, and brush your teeth. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of energy. Uh, <laughs> one of the other guys complained, but he was like, oh, ever since I got married, I can't just jerk off wherever I want to anymore. Now I got to jerk off in the laundry room. I was like, bro, you haven't been a renter in a while, have you? I was like, you have a fucking laundry room, my dude. I would wish I could jerk off in my laundry room. If I do that, it's at least two days in jail. That's guaranteed. Like, my laundromat doesn't let me do that. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Uh, I uh, Just to let everybody know in the room, uh, I do identify as emo. I don't know if that was clear or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was walking down the street. Someone was like, hey, those are like the tightest jeans in San Francisco. I was like, yeah, I got to keep up the aesthetic. <laughs> he was like, how are your balls? <laughs> not good. I was like, I'm practically pegging myself right now. It's not <laughs> not the best time. Uh, but I am, uh, I would say I'm a bit of an aging emo at this point. I had to get rid of the Vans for these, like, Adidas geriatrics. I needed, I needed the support. Uh <laughs> I went to the doctors, uh, so I turned 30 not too long ago, and I went to the doctors because I started experiencing lower back pain. Yes, I think it's collective. I don't, 
glad I know it's everybody. I don't remember when I signed the lease on the body. It was just like, as soon as you turn 30, your back's going to explode. And I was like, that sounds fantastic. Sign me up for it. Um, and I went, to, so I went to the doctor. I was talking about it. And her diagnosis was, I shit you not, her diagnosis was uninterrupted sitting. I was like, yeah, I've never had somebody medically call me a pussy before. Like, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I, uh, I have a job. You can clap it up for employment. That's cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I work at a community college, uh, so I guess I would also kind of consider myself a, a corporate emo about it. Um, yeah, being a corporate emo means that I just uh, I don't cry over girls anymore. I just cry over paperwork. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. If you work in a corporation, get it. It's like uh, I was trying to I was trying to hand in one of my reports the other day, and I was looking for it on my laptop, and I couldn't find it, and I was starting to get stressed, and I couldn't find it, couldn't find it. My brain just naturally went, "Where are you?" <laughs> The Excel spreadsheet. It was just. Uh, I audited my files. I just couldn't find it. It was. It was a very stressful uh, situation. Uh, we got any couples out there? Couples, clap it up yourselves. Yeah, woo, you can be excited about that. It doesn't have to be depressing. Uh, yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm in a relationship. I'm in a, a polyamorous relationship. We're all familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> this guy gets it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm in, uh, for those who don't know, I'm in a polyamorous relationship, which means she has a girlfriend and I get a high five for the attempt. She gets way more pussy than I do. That's that's for sure. Um, <laughs> all good. <laughs> She's also uh, pansexual. Do you all know what pansexual means? Yeah, that means she will fuck anybody. Anybody who buys her food first. That's... That's what it is. I found out if you buy her pupusa, she will pupusa her pussy. That is, we don't like Mexican food up here. That's cool. All right. Uh, I am not a big fan of uh, advertisements. Uh, I was driving by a dispensary uh, back in, in Massachusetts, uh, and it said, uh, INSA, marijuana for real life. Like, as opposed to what? I don't know if Zuckerberg's doing some new shit. What is he working on? Like, crypto kush? You buy that blockchain bud or those NF terpenes. You buy it now; it's not as worth not worth as much as it was later. You can't smoke it. You can't do anything with it. But yeah, um, I thought NF terpenes would have done a little better. That's all right. I thought it was there. I thought I had it. I was like, yeah, like that's better. Terpenes. Uh, everybody knows what terpenes are. Right. Uh, <laughs> ladies, where you at? You out there? Clap it up for yourselves. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Y'all ever been uh, cat called before? Yeah, it's not the best, right? Yeah. Uh, have y'all ever uh, been catcalled and then heard, ugh, never mind? Yeah, I would argue that's way worse. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's a confusing thing for me because I don't understand it. It's like my ass is still the same. All right, I get it. You're from behind. You saw the luxurious dress my hair in a sweet can. You're like, I'm trying to smash it. And then you got English Professor Dad Beard, and you're like, I'm off this train. <laughs> and I don't understand the philosophical debate. What is it with Schrodinger's beard? Is the ass fuckable or not in, or in the presence or absence of the beard? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. I just want somebody to notice that I've been squatting. All right, guys. That's my time. Give it up your host, Alex, everybody. Keep clapping for Joe Capinos, everybody. Make some more noise for him. Your next act is also coming here all the way from Portland. Please make some noise for Chris 
Lockridge, everybody. Get your hands, put, into, put them together for Chris Lockridge. Here he comes to the stage. Uh, hello, yes, uh, I'm Christopher. Um, I'm actually going by... Uh, oh, okay, yes, I have the hiccups. Uh, as a fair warning, uh, I've made some terrible decisions today. Uh, and they led to the hiccups. So before you feel too bad for me, I deserve... Yes, my name is Christopher, uh, but I'm actually... Uh, I'm actually going by uh, Christ... Um, because my name's Christopher Wright, so I feel like I can shorten that to where I want, right? My name, goddammit. Uh, I actually, um, my girlfriend and I split up recently, um, and after we split up, everyone kept asking me why we would stop seeing each other. They said, like, oh, she was so nice, why would you two quit dating? I guess to anyone who keeps asking me that, and to you guys... I'd like to ask you, would you continue da dating somebody that you had to support financially? Uh, somebody that was selfish? Somebody that was visually a six at, at best? And she wouldn't even. I'm about to, I'm about to hiccup. Uh. Yeah, and after we broke up, it was kind of what she said to me that got to me. She said, I think we should start spending more time focusing on ourselves. And I thought, that's crazy. That's crazy. Because I've been doing that the whole time. So in a way, that kind of makes her the problem, right? In a way, how? Hiccuping. Yeah, um, do I, I look like I hate children. Do I look like I hate children? <laughs> okay, that's not the reaction I really wanted. Um, I'm going to try that again. Um, do I look like I hate children? Do I look... Okay, I'm just going to re-retry that again. Do I look like I hate children? Oh, what the hell? What the fuck? Okay, well, I'm going to let you know that I actually have a kid, believe it or not. Yeah. That's finally. Yeah, that's right. I've got a kid. And if people keep telling me that I look like I hate children, um, they're never going to see their parents again. So... So that's on you. Uh, I actually just got back from I got back from California, um, relatively recently. I was in Por I, mean, I live in Portland, and I came down here recently. But I was here to uh, take my grandpa to chemo. Um, yeah, he's had cancer for like eighteen years. Um, so at this point, he's kind of nope. That's that's a long time to have cancer. Um, like every time I have something important going on, Grandpa's got to go get more chemo. He's so selfish. 
and now he's got two kinds of cancer. All right. Well, I, you know, I, do you guys not feel pity for me? Yeah, oh. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, d has anyone in here... Oh. Has anyone in here ever been arrested? Yeah. How about how about you? Yearly. Nearly. Ne ne you've near nearly been arrested. Yearly. Okay. Yeah. How, how about you? Have you been arrested? Really. Okay, well, I Okay, I got arrested once. Um it was during everything that was going on in downtown Portland in 2020. I was out recording video footage. I was not protesting. I I was recording it. Um and uh there were a lot of people who got arrested downtown in Portland 2020 that did not deserve to get arrested. But I def definitely deserved to get arrested. Uh, when I got footage um, of me getting arrested, uh, I thought, I'm definitely using this footage for the trial. Uh, and then after I watched it, I thought, I'm definitely not using this footage for the trial. In the video footage, the police officer says, don't come over here or you're going to get arrested. And then my now ex-girlfriend says, uh, Chris, is that true? Can they arrest us? And then I said, no. We're good. <laughs> and uh, and uh, then they arrested us. Um, and actually, at the trial, I lost faith in the justice system um, because they found me innocent. And I was definitely guilty. Yeah, but I found this neat legal strategy I talked about with my lawyer and I used it and it was really effective um, and I recommend you guys use it too. Really neat strategy. It's called uh, lying on the stand. Yeah, I highly recommend you all use it. Alright, I guess that's it for my time. I'm Christopher, but I'm going by Christ these days. Give it up for Christ with hiccups, everybody. That <laughs> I love how you were all on his side at first with the hiccups, and then you all turned on him unanimously. That was <laughs> I loved seeing that. That was incredible. Uh, your next act, folks, um, please uh, give a big warm welcome to Rhoda Gravador, everybody. Make some noise for Rhoda coming up to the stage. Hey. Hey, give it up for Alex and the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yeah. So uh, my name is Rhoda. And I am 48 years old. Thank you very much. You know, every time I tell someone I'm 48, they always go, wow, you look your age. Any 20-somethings here tonight? Hello, good evening. How about my 30-somethings? Hello, you know what? How about we all pretend we're 30 tonight? Okay, one more time, where are my 30-somethings at? Yeah, that's right. Give it up for yourselves. So, uh, 
hate to break it to you, but some of you aren't going to make it to 40. Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to brag, but I am a great mom. Thank you. I am a great mom because I don't have any kids. I am a dog mom. So, yeah, thank you. So, technically, that makes me a MILF. <laughs> thank you very much. I'm a dog mom to two pit bulls. Give it up for the pit bulls, guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both of them were cesarean. I, uh, I know you guys look at me and go, oh, yeah. She's definitely a cougar. Going to comedy festivals, pretending to be a comic just so she can pick up on young men. Well, I am actually a panther, which is the opposite of a cougar. So I am 48, and my boyfriend is a corpse. Uh, who's on the dating apps here? Anyone? Dating apps? Yay, there you go, my one person, brave enough to admit it, thank you. Now I can tell the joke. <laughs> so uh, younger users are moving away from Tinder because uh, Tinder's long-term users are now in their 50s, but they're pretending to be in their 30s. Ah. And these long-term users are finding that they're getting matched with their aunts and uncles, which is great for Alabama. I, um, who here lives in the city? Any city folk here? Hello? Right on, yeah. I actually, I live in Marin. I live in Marin because my boyfriend is white. Uh, <laughs> my boyfriend is a Russian Jew. I'm a Filipino Catholic. And uh, Jews and Filipinos actually have a lot in common. Uh, you know, we're both late for everything all the time. Yeah, right? He runs on Jewish standard time, and I'm Filipino. <laughs> and we both take forever to say goodbye at parties. My boyfriend calls it the Jewish goodbye. I call it leftovers. Both Jews and Filipinos are well-known. See, he brings home leftovers all the time. <laughs> both Jews and Filipinos are well-known for a food that starts with the letter B. Jews have the bagel. Filipinos have the balot. Balot is a partially developed duck egg embryo, also known as Mitch McConnell's neck. Uh, both Jewish and Filipino mothers love using guilt. Do you know what the difference is between a Jewish mom and a Filipino mom? The New Testament. Both Jew uh, a Jewish mom would say to me, you put on some weight. A Filipino mom would say, oh my God, you're so fat over here, and you are also fat over there. Eat some more balot. Both uh, Russians and Catholics have a lot in common. Russians believe propaganda. Catholics believe the Bible. Catholics drink wine, representing the blood of Christ, and Russians drink vodka until they can taste their own blood. Putin, former Philippine President Duterte, and current Philippine President Bongbong Marcos have something in common. Duterte killed people who do drugs, and Putin kills people who, who, and Bongbong 
first he will steal your bling bling, and then he'll go bang bang. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I've been uh, I've been taking a lot of naps recently, so I figured I should probably look into that. And it turns out that older adults who nap longer, more frequently, at a higher risk of getting Alzheimer's. Oh, give it up for Alex and the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yeah, that's right. I am Rhoda, and I am 48 years old. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think that Democrats and progressives should just embrace global warming. Okay? Because if Louisiana becomes part of the Gulf of Mexico, then technically there are two less Republicans in the Senate, correct? And if Texas goes under, so does Ted Cruz. And if Alabama goes under, then daughters no longer have to give birth to their father's babies. Kentucky just passed a bill making it illegal for infertility doctors to impregnate their patients with their own sperm. It is still, however, legal to store the embryos in Mitch McConnell's neck. Anyone here remember a comic from the 80s named Andrew Dice Clay? Okay, here we go. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Because Mexico never built the fucking wall. Oh! Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jill got paid 30% less, so he kicked Jack down the fucking hill. Oh! Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Papa's gonna buy you a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird don't sing, it's probably dead. Oh! Mitch McConnell has a neck, E-I-E-I-O. And in his neck, he kept dead puppies, E-I-E-I-O. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it, go fuck yourself. Oh, that's my time. Thank you very much. Make some more noise for Rhoda, everybody. Clap a lot. Uh, I have a little another little pun for you guys. Uh, does anybody here know what you call a talkative empanada? An empanada yada. All right, that's... Just fun. That's a Laffy Taffy joke. Your next act, folks, uh, he's here all the way from Florida. Really nice guy, really funny dude. Give it up for Chris Sanders, everybody. Make some noise for Chris Sanders. Thank you, Alex. Oh, you good, buddy? All right. There we go. This place has no insurance. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't trip. Don't fall. Don't catch an STD in here, people. Um, name's Chris Sanders. Great to see you guys. Love mutiny. Uh, I have a horrible medical condition. I suffer from resting Tiger Woods face. That's what I suffer from. Green jacket, full moon, I might fuck your wife tonight. Watch out. Or British Robert Evans. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, my day job's I'm a teacher. I got to say, being a teacher isn't like any other job in America. There's nothing like a kid coming into kindergarten, not knowing how to write their name, and by fourth grade, they're writing fuck off on their spelling test. It's just unlike anything. Oh, my gosh. Damien, your curse was fantastic. You're going to skip a grade. No, 
not because you're smart, it's because I'm terrified, right? Kids be shooting in Florida. I'm just saying, kids be shooting. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Hey, I live there. You guys don't, okay? I may not make it to the 8th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yeah, it's wild. Like, uh, when you're, like, a teacher, though, you're kind of like a second parent. Like, I had one kid who came to school. He didn't have shoes on, right? So during my lunch, I go to uh, the store, come back, give him shoes. He unboxes it, and he's like, you bought me shacks? What? Kills in Oakland. All right, anyway. Um, (laughs) uh, So he's freaking out, but he's happy I got him shoes, right? He puts his shoes on, and during recess, he tries to come up and hug me. Like you, you're a lovely lady. Like if a kid hugs you, probably hug him back. Me, I look like tiny Tim, okay? I don't need a second chance in my life. Every time a kid tries to come up and hug me, I immediately run the other way. You know why? I'm trying to teach some boundaries to mean a thorough investigation. That's what I'm trying to teach him. You're not going to see me in the newspaper. Chris Sanders loved kids. No, fuck the kids. That's all right. Fuck their moms, though. I will fuck their moms in a second. Yeah. It's, there's no law against that, I think, right? Um, who likes school? Who likes school? Anyone likes school? Anyone in school? All right. What's going on? Yeah. Nerds unite. I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of kids, they hate school, right? They hate school because we forget that school is the box. But kids, they think outside the box. Case in point, I'm teaching uh, American history in fourth grade. We're doing a a little lesson on American history. Quiz the kids. I go, why weren't slaves allowed to read? None of the kids raised their hand except Damien. Easy, Mr. Sanders. Slaves weren't allowed to read because if slaves could read, they would read books on magic and unchain their friends. That's out of the box thinking right there. I'll tell you that. You know? Like, I want to test him for gifted and autism that day. That's what I wanted to do. But that's not how slavery works. I just want you guys to know that's not how it works. Like, uh, but as a kid, you can't tell a kid he's wrong. It'll, like, traumatize him, right? And in Florida, he might shoot me. So, <laughs> so I go, Damon, you got a point. If slaves knew magic, uh, we wouldn't have Harriet Tubman. We'd have Harriet Potter Tubman. That's what we'd have. Literally, this is the thing. I forget, like, teachers are influential. The next day, he came to school dressed as Harriet Potter Tubman. He was on the playground. He went up to a white kid. For my next trick, I will make this white devil disappear. It was wild. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, you brought a saw? What the fuck? Why'd you bring a saw to school? Why'd you bring a fucking saw? The Three Stooges cartoon? And then on top of that, I'm like, yo, you can't be bringing a saw to school. So I put him in uh, in school suspension, in school suspension, right? Pissed off at me. He turns around at me, pulls out a wand. He goes, "Asio emancipationo." Like, I'm like, what? He's like, I'm trying to free all the niggas in uh, ISS. That's what we're trying to do. All right, whatever. Look at him. I'm a nigga. I can say nigga. All right. Um, <laughs> you guys are fine. Uh, I'm broke. Anyone else broken here? Yeah, there we go, there we go. Yeah, I'm I'm super broke. I uh, I just finished like having a roommate. I had a r- I'm 33. I, I finally got my own place, and it's it's wild. Like I, I my last roommate was an aspiring influencer. Yes, on the lease agreement for her salary, she wrote 50k. Is that how much money you make? She's like, no, just how many followers I have. Right? Exactly. What a broke bitch. Um, put money on there. Um, I see a light. Is that the light? I see like a light. No, we're good. Okay. Oh, traffic. It's traffic. 
Someone's putting their brights on me. Get off the stage. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it was wild. Like, you know, uh, you always have these weird roommate situations. And she was like a nice lady. She was going to school for nursing. It's very typical in Florida. But she'd like be freaking out over her incident, like ruled her life. I'm in the kitchen one day, right, and uh, I'm, I'm making food. I'm deep frying an octopus. And she comes in, and she freaks out. She's like, Chris, oh, my God, I lost one follower. What the fuck? Oh, my God. I'm like, Katie, this is what happens when you don't do the dishes, okay? All right? You're worried about posts? How about you read the post-it notes I'm putting on your fucking bathroom mirror, all right? Called social engagement. Uh, one of my guy friends, they're like, they want to. They, they're like Chris. You gotta have sex with Katie O'Donnell. Like she's hot. You guys like cook dinner for her. Like you're very nice to her. You're, you know, she's eventually gonna bang you. I'm like, look, we have very clear boundaries. Katie has sex with other men. I vacuum my room for two hours. Very clear boundaries. Now someone said, aw. someone was. <laughs> you don't wanna get no pity pussy? Don't even no pity pussy. Even I give. I'll give you pity pussy after the show. That's what I'll do. All right, hopefully that was uh, you. Uh, anyway, um <laughs> it was me with that unibrow, and the one ear higher than the other. Um, <laughs> all the women are beautiful. Anyway, um, but this is a cool thing, though. The great thing, thank you, is uh, we I, I get something cool out of it. It sounds sad, but the cool thing is anytime she has sex with a guy and he leaves Dr. Oakley partners, I keep the stuff. Yes. I have two new outfits and eight phone chargers. If you're like, Chris, what are you wearing today? I'm wearing the Nick from Taco Tuesday collection. That's what I'm wearing. And after the show, I'm selling merch. I'm selling eight phone chargers. So hit me up. My name's Chris Sanders. Thanks for your time. Get up your host, Alex. I love San Francisco. Keep clapping for Chris Sanders, everybody. Holy cow. That was a blast all the way from Florida. Your next fact, your next can't talk. I, boy, I haven't even had a drink yet, and I'm already stumbling and unable to speak. Uh, cool. Uh, great. Uh, I'm just having a neurological breakdown. That's what's happening. Uh, <laughs> uh, your next act, everybody. Uh, here, uh, another San Francisco, uh, another San Franciscan. Please make some noise for James Yukawa, everybody. Clap real loud for James Yukawa. Yo, give it up for Alex. Alex, all the way from Montana. Holy shit. He has not stepped in human shit yet, you know? Not yet, but soon that'll happen. But I'm actually, yeah, no, I'm actually not from San Francisco. I live in Oakland, you know, Oakland. Yeah, Oakland native across the East Bay. Oaklanders, come on, yeah, 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 East Bay. Fuck yeah. But yeah, um, I'm like most comics. I'm single right now. I'm on these dating apps, you know, and I feel like Tinder has sort of become like a group preview for Every other account is sort of like winky face emoji, water drop emoji, water drop emoji, water drop emoji, peach emoji. I am an OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> add me on Instagram. You know, like I'm a wholesome Christian dude. I support sex workers, but I can't be swiping on ass and titties on Bart during my morning commute. No, it's way too much stimulation. I haven't had my morning coffee yet. Jesus Christ. No, but honestly though, I feel like um, I'm personally Team Hinge. Team Hinge. Anybody here on Hinge? Okay, hell yeah, everyone else, except for you, everyone else is in a wonderful relationship, I guess. Holy shit, yeah, Team Hinge. But I feel like people on Hinge are actually real people because they have job titles for jobs I've never heard of. It's like public policy manager for like a nonprofit. 
systems analyst, you know, things you got to work with, like a Microsoft spreadsheet. And I feel like people on Tinder, just like their bio is just sort of like airplane emoji, NYC, LA, Dubai. I'm like, what are you doing in Dubai? You don't look like you work in the oil industry, girl. This is a very strange flight itinerary. Hmm. And it's just like an online content creator. I'm like, what is this online content you're creating? Let's, let me research about this. But honestly, though, like uh, I matched with a girl on Hinge who was down for pegging. Does anybody know what pegging is? Oh, hell yeah, this is my audience. Yeah. Holy shit. Normally, it's like the Zoomers who are like, oh, I know all about pegging. And like, oh, you know, millenn- oh, what is it? I can inform me about that. You know, pegging is when a woman wears a strap on dildo and fucks the dude. I'm open to new things. You know? Yes. I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. And I thought. It'd be really romantic. You know, we go to the sex shop together as a couple, the first date. I'm like, oh, yes, I'll, I like that one. It's very sensible and modest. It could fit in your tiny little handbag. That's the one I want to choose. No, like, she DM'd me, and she already had one on deck. I'm like, whoa, whoa. But I thought that was really weird that she only had one. Because I thought if she was down for this pegging lifestyle, like, you walk into her apartment, and they're just, like, hanging on the wall, you know? Like, you know how, like, John Wick, he has, like, a wall of guns, like, a whole arsenal of guns? Like, he's got that big-ass grenade launcher, the medium-sized assault rifle, and the tiny little pistol. It gets the job done. It has a great personality. Sometimes John Wick doesn't always need that big-ass grenade launcher. The tiny little pistol works out, you know? Because this is my first time getting pegged. I don't want the Ass Blaster 9000. I don't want the tiny little guy. I want maybe two knuckles deep. Maybe, at the most. You know, it's like a... It's her strap. It's her choice. I am very pro-choice, except for when it comes to my asshole, you know? I want to have some bargaining chips here. I want to talk about the pol- like the politics of pegging. I want to have some say in this, you know? And also, I feel like she only has one peg. She probably pegged other dudes with that peg, you know? She probably has notches on the side of her bedpost. How many asses she's pegged? Like, this is the ninth ass I've claimed. But the first Asian one, yes. Hmm. But, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess I'll take an informal poll. Like, guys, have you ever thought about getting pegged? Guys here, thought about getting pegged? Okay, some honest men in here. Fucking, eh, hell yeah, it's 2022, you know? You know, I mean, honestly, you guys, like, we're going to get a prostate exam. Might as well get a nut out of it. It's going to happen sooner or later. Fuck. It's inevitable. But yeah, what else? You know, uh, I'm like, any baseball fans in here? Baseball fans? Yeah, I like talking to baseball fans because, like, talking to them makes me feel less autistic. You know? They always have some, like, they're always, like, really, like, into, like, sabermetrics. Always have some obscure fact. Like, a couple weeks ago, I was at an A's game, and one of the guys was just sort of like, oh, 2003, Barry Zito almost pitched a perfect game against the Kansas City Royals in a wild card matchup. I'm like, holy shit, Greg, how'd you know this fact? You don't even know your own girlfriend's zodiac sign. Jesus Christ, we get our priorities straightened out, man. But honestly, uh, baseball is the only sport that has something called the perfect game where absolutely nothing fucking happens. 27 up, 27 down. This, real, this is a really high stake game of catch between two dudes. No hit home runs, no dingers, nothing. And all my baseball homies are like, oh, my God, James, you wouldn't understand the nuances. 
Like, you know what? I don't watch sports for nuance, man. I listen to a podcast if I want some nuance in my life. And all my baseball homies are just like, oh, my God, this is so nuanced. I'm like, this sounds like some very spectrum behavior. Oh, no, you guys are all just jerking off the stats right now. But, yeah, what else? What else do I have? Wait, how much do I have right now, Alex? Minute and a half left? I talked about pegging. Talked about baseball fans being autistic. You know what? I feel like, yeah, my YouTube algorithm is getting way too good because I've been getting ads for BetterHelp, Promote Therapy. Yeah. And other ads, it's just sort of like seven signs you may be autistic. I'm like, holy shit, YouTube, what are you trying to tell me right now? Am I depressed and autistic or am I depressed because I am autistic? Like, is it a bundle deal or can I have one without the other, you know? Because I'm clearly not getting ads for, like, Joe Rogan meat sticks, you know, or, like, Planet Fitness. No. Like, YouTube looks at my fucking search history is like, well, you watch anime. And ASMR videos are rugs being deep cleaned. You're probably on the spectrum, my guy. You know, like, this sounds very spectrum behavior. Yeah. And I'm like, YouTube, you know me so well. And it would be really weird, though, if I, like, came out to my parents. I'm actually 32. I look really young. It's the Asian, you know. But, yeah, it would be really weird if I came to my parents, like, immigrant parents, and I'm like, you know what, uh, I may be autistic, you know? And they're like, autism, what? Uh, autist, autist, uh, gay? I'm like, no, wait. We had this conversation back in high school. This is something completely different. But they'd just be, like, wondering, like, whether or not they're going to have grandchildren. I'm like, maybe. This probably still explains why I'm still single. But, all right, that's my time. Give it up for Alex Kaufman. I have not been pegged yet. My name is James Yukawa. Make some more noise for James Yukawa, San Francisco's very own. Very cool, very funny dude. Uh, he's absolutely been pegged. He's lying to you. Uh, <laughs> that was absolutely defense mechanism, for sure. Uh, your next act, folks, is also from Portland. Please make some noise for Danny Shy, everybody. Give it up for Danny Shy. I'm from Portland. I do know what pegging is. <laughs> Not what I want to talk about. <laughs> Not what I want to talk about. I, uh, you guys having a good day? I'm also having a good day. Because uh, this morning, thank you. Uh, this morning, I did an entire stretching program made for a 50-year-old. I got almost all the way through it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm as fit as a 50-year-old. Thank you very much. I just figured, like, if you need to be fitter than a 50-year-old, then there's no reason to live. Like, I feel, how, why? Why are these runners existing? Uh, cool. That's what I want to talk about. Uh, are you guys into conspiracy theories? Oh, good. I am coming on board. I am coming on board for sure. Uh, and I'm coming on board. I was uh, listening to the radio. I was, li I was flipping channels on the radio, and I flipped, and all of a sudden I heard satanic feminists, and just I was like, oh, I'm stopping now, because I, I honestly have no idea what a satanic feminist is. But I heard it, and I was like, I think I'm one of them. I think. <laughs> I just gotta imagine that a satanic feminist is a person that's like, oh, we believe in feminism so much that we are positive that Satan is a feminist, or as, is a woman. Like, Satan's definitely a woman, for sure. And, like, I know that. I have definitely been gaslit by kindergarten children, uh, girls, girl children, you know. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's eternal. That is definitely, I don't know if any 30 or 3-year-olds told you about your body weight, but you're like, that is... A hell inside of my body now. 
I feel very bad about myself. Uh, Satan's a woman. Uh, that's I did. I didn't do that joke well. I apologize. I have fine. It's fine. I'm not gonna feel guilty about it because I realized, like, while I was listening to that program, that if you believe in conspiracy theories, nothing's ever your fault. It's not. <laughs> it's not your fault. And I know that because the reason they were talking about satanic feminists is because they were talking about school shootings. I know, real upper of a radio show. Uh, and they were ta- talking about this kid, and they were like, well, the guy, the poor kid, he didn't have to do it. It's like they blame it feminist's fault. And I'm like, I don't So you don't have to take responsibility for anything if you believe in conspiracy? Like, nothing. Like, my whole life, I feel guilty. Like, I don't take up, like, that spot on the airplane thing because I just feel like, well, they put their elbow there first. It's theirs now. I feel guilty if I touch their elbow. Other people are like, I mean, I genocided today, and that's satanic feminist fault. It's not, I'm fine. I need that power, you know? So now, just from now on, I'm like, well, I crashed into you, but it's definitely because you don't li- worship lizard people enough. And it's, uh, it's on you, you know? I am not apologizing. You're crying. It's the chemtrails' fault. Like, the chemtrails make me mean, all right? I wouldn't be mean. It's the chemtrails. You know? Sure, I'm in jail for a crime, but it was my doppelganger that did it, for sure. If Hillary Clinton can have a doppelganger, I can too. Go find her. Uh, I a while ago I heard about this uh, guy. About him regularly, like once a month. Uh, just every time I have my period, I think about him. Uh, because he was like he's a flat earther, you know. Uh, which like if I, I'm never gonna murder a person, but I definitely think I know some people that are gonna fall off the flat earth. You know, like I know some people uh, that I will just, well, I we went on a road trip and they just fell off. We just got real close. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, so he's a flat earther and he built himself a rocket. It was somewhere here in California. I don't know, but he built himself a rocket and shot him up in space. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. He didn't get very high. Like, he would have gotten a lot higher if he bought a plane ticket. Alright, so it wasn't like the best rocket. All right, but I think about him regularly uh, because, like, what science did the guy use? Because, like, every science I know means believes that the Earth is round and that you gotta shoot your rocket up higher, faster than the Earth. The gravity is pulling you down to hell, right? And I can't even jump that high. Like, I just, I don't, I don't want to try. It's embarrassing. All right, I don't. I'm not gonna show you. Uh, but so he shot. And here on Earth, uh, it pulls, we're pulled down to hell by gravity at 9.8 meters per second squared. That's what every, so- that's the entirety of rocket science today. All right, but that depends on a round Earth. And so he knows that the Earth is flat. Well, how, how did he do his calculation? He did, he did, again, not super high. He survived, though. He got to hang out with his cat. That was in the story. Yeah. I mean, like, I gotta imagine that he's got something better than birth control. Like, whatever science he's using has gotta have a different birth control that I'm super into. I think. I don't know. I don't really wanna know him. I do have some people I wanna murder. That's just a. <laughs> I don't know if that's the appropriate tag, but we're going with it. Uh, this thing about me uh, I read at bars a lot. Because I like being with people, but I don't like when they talk to me and make me hate them. 
another thing about me, I was raised on a farm, uh, and that means that I learned about castration decades before anything. Ah, my dad taught me when I was very little that I n had not only a right but a responsibility to see to the dead. You know? Yeah. Yeah. San Francisco thinks it's progressive. <laughs> Got nothing on my dad. <laughs> he had five daughters. He taught us all uh, how to remove some balls. Uh, uh, so the point is, I'm not good. I'm not good at the knowing how the girl-guy interactions are supposed to go. you know. But I'm trying to get better because uh, Mayor recently told me, um, I'm not going to tell which one, but it, was, it wasn't like the Portland one, but it was definitely one of the white ones from, so you can probably narrow it down. Like it was a white dude mayor. Uh, and he told me, uh, he told me uh, that the reason that Portland's got a housing crisis, and probably San Francisco too, uh, is that people like me aren't married uh, and getting married. And I don't know, yeah, he was a white dude mayor, so they know things, right? Like I just... I just got to believe him that I am, like, me living with several roommates is causing a housing crisis. Yeah, for sure. It's not like, well, yes, how dare me? So I'm working on figuring out this dating thing, and here's what I figured out thus far. That in a girl-guy flirting situation, my response, I'm the girl. I, I knew that beforehand. Um, but my responsibility is to be very impressed by the very unimpressive, all right? So if they, so, so if they, uh, I'm supposed to get off of here and you guys keep laughing. I can't finish my joke. Uh, thank you so much. It's been great. Anyway, the point is, if they interrupt my book reading, to give me their very long opinion about what I'm reading. I'm supposed to be like, oh my, that's a, how'd you learn to read? Can you please <laughs> teach me? <laughs> anyway, thank you. Give it up for your host. Thank you very much. Keep clapping for Danny, everybody. You know the drill. Very funny. Very funny. Your next act, everybody, come to the stage uh, here all the way from Boston, right? It's Boston. Give it up for Angela Sawyer, everybody. Make some noise for Angela Sawyer. Oh, hello. So nice to talk to you. How are you guys doing? You've seen a lot of comics. Are you okay? You doing all right? I'm so happy to meet you. Uh, I am a middle-aged lady. Uh, I'm 52, and this year I found out I could sweat from my eyelids. <laughs> going great. It's going okay. Nice to see all of you. Uh, I have a roommate, uh, which you're not supposed to do when you're my age. I think we all know. Uh, most people, uh, usually in their 30s, you like get a partner, move out of town, maybe get a dog, something like that. And me, I am just still going to weddings where I'm also the DJ. Uh, I want to tell you, uh, I read a cool article, and the news is so bad that it was so nice to read something that I liked to see. Uh, I read an article that uh, grocery stores and pharmacies around the country are starting to close their self-checkout machines and have people go through the register again. And I love that because I want to look you in the eye when I steal from you. You know, I want that human connection. I think it's important. I think it's important to have. I do have roommates. I've had a lot of roommates over the years. Um, uh, my favorite bad roommate that I ever had 
uh, was this guy, Dan, who got mad at me, moved out, and uh, when he moved out, he tried to karate chop me to death. <laughs> and then I had to politely explain to Dan that I had 130 pounds on him and it might not work. <laughs> I was like, okay. I do, I do like fat people. They're my favorite people. I think they're the nicest people in any room, in every room, because if we have a problem with you, we ate it already. You're safe. <laughs> You're so safe. So safe. I think fat people, we're like the pugs of human beings, you know? We're like adorably squishy and strangely wise and, oh, shit, we can't breathe. <laughs> good. We're doing good. Uh, <laughs> Dan, uh, the roommate who moved out, he got mad at me. Uh, he, he accused me of stealing his crystals. Yeah. Which uh, I did do. <laughs> uh, in my defense, I thought they were, I threw them away because I thought they were rocks. <laughs> and I found out uh, if they're crystals, you put them in a case. That's the big difference I found out. Uh, I, I've lived in a bunch of houses ar around my the city where uh, my hometown. Uh, one place, mostly it's been punk rock houses. And if for whatever reason, if you don't know what that is, uh, a punk rock house is just a regular house that is not a home. <laughs> That's how that works. Uh, one place that I lived, I had 17 roommates. Yeah, way too many. At that point, you can't even learn their names, you know? I just knew them as porch guy or guy I always saw holding bread from the dumpster, you know? I'll let you guys get see which one you think was the worst one. Uh, there was a roommate in that same house who was a cop, uh, which I don't like. <laughs> Not cool. And then there was a guy who wrote a play for bees. <laughs> That's so confusing. <laughs> he didn't call it that. He called it a honey-infused ritual. <laughs> And I was like, I think that's a play for bees. <laughs> very, very confusing. Uh, also in that same apartment with 17 roommates, uh, one morning I came out of my bedroom to go to work, and uh, a teenager, like a 17, 18-year-old kid, had moved in to the hallway right outside my bedroom door. I just walked out to go to work, and there was somebody there. He just like put a bed up against a wall, and he put a flag up against the bed, put a TV on the end of the bed, and just lay back and play video games in there. And I was like, well, okay, you know, whatever. We all got someplace to go, you know, it's cool. And then after two weeks, that kid got a girlfriend. He found some nice girl to, like, lie next to him and watch him play video games all day. And I was like, man, when this chick finds out she could fuck a guy with a door, It did not last, <laughs> is what I need to know. It did not last a long time. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a middle-aged lady, and so the rule is you have to have middle-aged lady friends. That's how it works. But I think everyone should have a middle-aged lady friend because uh, we don't give a fat shit. <laughs> we are fun. <laughs> it's an adventure. No one knows what will happen. Uh <laughs> one of my middle-aged lady friends recently, she named her tits to empower herself. And I was like, only over 40 does that, okay. <laughs> and she was like, Angela, you should do it. And I was like, I, I don't think. And she's like, no, you should do it. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess I could go with Bert and Ernie. Could work for me, you know. Uh, I also, I like having friends who are much younger than me, people in their 20s and their 30s, especially in their 20s, because those people are better. <laughs> 
they're raised well, they're very nice. <laughs> uh, I had this long heart-to-heart -heart with this friend of mine who is barely 21 years old, so she's like 30 years younger than me, and we were talking and talking all night, and at the end, she let it slip that when she gives her boyfriend a blowjob, afterwards, she's like got tears running down her face, and she can't breathe. And I was like, oh, oh, sweetheart, you know, you can suck dick mediocrely. Like, I'm not saying do a bad job, but you don't have to get an Olympian award. This is the truth, and I, you guys can take this advice. If you get a C- minus in gym, they suck. Congratulations. She's doing okay. <laughs> She's doing all right. Doing just fine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, not too long ago, I uh, I scored a, a normal job for the first time in my whole life. I got a job as a secretary. That is just a job that comes with these glasses. <laughs> I walk down the street and people are like, ooh, I bet you can type. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, that's an okay job. Uh, mostly it just means that uh, I get phone calls on Teams when I'm trying to go to the bathroom or watch a movie in my house instead, you know? Uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, though, my favorite coworker called me up on Teams. Uh, I love her so much. Her name is Stacy. She is the salt of the earth, great person. And she calls me up out of the blue, and she goes, Hey, Angela, I noticed in your email signature it says your name, parentheses, she slash her, parentheses. What is that? And I was like, I mean, I love Stacy. She's from New Bedford, Massachusetts, and it's not her fault that town smells like bleach. <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Uh, some people use they, them pronouns. Mine happen to be she, her, but it'd be more comfortable for everybody if we use them a lot. So I put them in my email. And she goes, oh, oh, I, I thought that's because everybody thinks you're a man. And I was like, right on, Stace, you nailed it. <laughs> Drunk people do love to call me coach. <laughs> It's true. I think one of the reasons I get along with people who are much younger than me so well is that people who are, are 20, 30 years younger than me, they grew up reading and writing Harry Potter fan fiction, you know, Potterotica, yeah. They, they, they did, I checked, they did. <laughs> and that I've, uh, that's a place where I feel like I really belong. I fit right in because they just look at me and see trans Hagrid. It works out great. works out so beautifully. You guys are so much fun. Thank you. You've met trans Hagrid. Give it up for your host, Alex. He's the best. Clap more for Angela Sawyer, everybody. Come on. Wow. Just fantastic. We have, are you guys ready for your final comedian of the night? Are you guys ready for that? Yeah, let's get some more energy than that for your final comedian here all the way from Los Angeles. Give it up for Jay Stewart, everybody. Make some noise for Jay. Hello, hello, thank you. I am parked illegally. I have to pee. I just got out of the car from here. Hang on, I just need to stretching get some stretches out thanks so much for being out here guys i'm the last person to go up wow all right have they been saying this oh, oh there's more there's more to go all right good good i was gonna say that wasn't quite what i would imagine a headliner would be brought up by you know but it's good it's good we got one more person coming all right this is great this is great um 
what's new with me? What's new? Started school. A little bit of a culture shock going back to school. I haven't been in school for like 10 years. Last time I've been in school, it was still okay to publicly enjoy movies produced by Harvey Weinstein. So a little bit of a culture shock there, you know. Getting <gasps> going back into it. This guy uh, in my class, I think he's my grade. Cute, cute little guy. And he's like talking about beef. Like, oh, beef. I love beef. I know it's bad for the environment, but it's just so good. Yeah, I mean, what do pedophiles say, though, too, about kids, right? I'm like, oh, the environment. Um, I don't know. I got a, I got a new car. Yeah, 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 thank you, thank you. Got a new car. I got to admit, though, the uh, horn, pretty good. Anytime I go to use it, it's like, ah, ah. Like the one time this guy cut me off on the 405, and I just was present. I was mad at the guy, and he's just, ah, don't stop. Which is basically the exact opposite of what I wanted the guy to do in the moment, so fuck me. I don't know. Um guys fan of microdosing? Not you? Straight, straight and narrow? Never tripped in your life? No? Where were you? Lo location, not time in your life. Santa Barbara. Okay. That seems like a good place to do it. Um, never again, though. I'm not even going to continue continue the joke just because that was such a no response. It's okay, everybody. It's not that good of a joke. No, 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 no. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. What else do we got here? Um, I'm co convinced that the greatest white rapper in the game right now is Kanye West. Um, I'm My blood type is O negative, which means that people's lives depend on me not having gay sex. Um, true, true, I'm at a good place in my life. My Instagram feed is entirely comedians, women in bathing suits, and people making chocolate chip cookies. Good, good. I really can only control two out of three of those. Um, I can control three out of three if I switch my gender to female. Uh, switches up the algorithm there. I was on TikTok, I switched the, uh, my gender to female, and I... I had to take a break. I was like, I'm going to start a business. <laughs> I feel motivated. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, I missed that tag. Oh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Um, good to be back in San Francisco, though. I will say um, I have a lot of ups being in San Francisco. I used to live here for like two years. Um, I, some lows, though. I mean, my, my car got stolen twice six weeks yeah apparently homeless people can drive stick i had no idea two people you know um and the thing was weird that like the second time that i called 911 to tell them that my car got stolen i got a voicemail i'd never expected before i've never encountered that situation right because when you call your therapist they go if this is an emergency please hang up and call 911 
There's no procedure for what if you call 911 and get a voicemail. What is the procedure? What do I do in that case? You know what I mean? I did get a call back on that. Nice little lady. Um, I think the most unrealistic thing about Batman is that the billionaires are walking through an alley. You're talking about billionaires' parents? What billionaire walks in an alley ever? Like any alley ever? Like I, I would think it would be more plausible that he like got money to close off an alley just to walk through it. That seems more plausible. Why are they walking through an alley? I don't know. Um, <sighs> LA, LA is a funny place. It's got good people. Um, no good looks. Yeah, man. We look exactly alike. Of course you think I'm hot. Like, at some point you're just stroking your own ego, you know? I, I, um, uh, ma'am. Um, I went down there, smoked some toad venom. Yeah, yeah, it's just toxic. Yeah, sorry. You, you're not, not your thing. Not your thing. It's all right. The, it was uh, $300, though. Smoke toad venom. The first time I thought heard that, I was like, three hundred dollars. Smoke toad venom. It's gotta be illegal. <laughs> this is too much money. Uh, I did it anyways, though. Changed my life. It was amazing. You should do it. Except for you. Um, but uh, everybody else though, that's you, Nicole. Um, why is why um I feel like ants, aunts, ants, aunts. I feel like they're under fetishized in the bedroom. I just want one time, like, please call me nephew. And someone is like, oh, I'm taking you home. Thank you. Um, let's see. Uh, I used to live in New York. Um, I, uh, I, don't know. I, I had a lot of fun in New York. If you meet some weird people, I had a roommate call me the N-word all the time. I don't know how I was like. People call me the N word. I don't really have a stake in that, but I do love it. Like secretly, I love it. If you call me the N word, I'm like Jay Z for the day or something like that. But I don't know. I mean, uh, it's a, it's a it's a weird feeling to be called that. I don't have much stake in it. I'm just not trying to be the black people police. Okay, I'm not trying to be the black people police. I think if I was trying to be the black people police, I would just join the police. You know, I don't know. Um, that's my time. Give it up for your host. Thank you very much. I feel very welcome to be back in San Francisco. Thank you. Make some more noise for Jay, everybody. Uh, keep it going for Jay. I did not mean to lie to you. We do have one more comic. Uh, I didn't mean to lie. I do apologize for that. Uh, your next comic, I don't know where he's from. You're from here? Oh, sweet. We get to end it with a San Franciscan. Isn't that great? Isn't that fantastic? Hell yeah. Ending with a fantastic comic, San Francisco. Give it up for Wes Chew, everybody. Make some noise for Wes. Here he comes. Make some noise for your city. Thank you, and uh, sorry for not checking in. Uh, yeah, uh, good to be here. Yeah, uh, good looking crowd. Uh, it helps that uh, most of you are my friends. So my name's Wes, and uh, not too long ago, I, uh, I 
came to accept the part of myself most that I am an asshole. Uh, are there any assholes in the audience tonight? Well, 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 well you, uh, don't be proud of that. No, don't be proud of that, okay? I, I'm not proud of that. So I consider myself to be uh, that means that I, I am individual, but people as a whole can fuck off. Uh, so I, I don't like it when people or ask stupid questions in public. It hurts my brain. I don't know why I have this urge to try to like me it's like it's kind of like trying to solve like a broken issue and at the same time while I'm trying to touch it uh, I get shocked in the head and it's it's really not a comfortable feeling and the only thing I can do is provide a, a snarky uh, non-answer that doesn't solve anything so here's an example uh, my my uh, my girlfriend and I we were at uh, not too long ago at Petco, where the pets go, and uh, we were in the, the cat aisle, and we had a, a basket full of canned uh, wet cat food, just, just powers, powers of it, and the two of us were talking very loudly about our cat, um, just a little context, we got a cat recently, it, it don't say that, uh, it, it's just really, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's only okay, don't, don't defend the cat. Uh, and uh, we were talking very loudly because we're loud people, uh, like what to get the cat for food. Uh, came to the discovery recently that uh, the cat, like myself, is also an asshole. And the reason he's an asshole is because for an animal, he's a very, very picky eater. I'm like, how can you be that picky when you make no money? So... And uh, while we're having this very loud discussion, uh, I noticed in the corner of my eye uh, two broke uh, college students. They're just buying very uh, basic uh, cat supplies. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they're, they're broke because, ooh, you can get that stuff at Amazon for cheaper. Uh, and uh, while we were arguing, uh, one of them comes up to us. Remember, we're at Petco, cat aisle, and a basket full of cat food. And one of them comes up to us and says, excuse me, do you have a cat? Ow, that hurt my brain so much. Uh, I was, why I heard that question, I was trying to brain aneurysm. And, oh, God, I, I, like, I really wanted to say, no, these are for me. I love cat food. Human food fucking sucks. Vegetables, get that out of the way, okay? Cooking is pretentious. Dog food tastes like shit, which makes sense because dogs like licking their own asses and eating their own shit. So cat food is, is prime, okay? I love just getting one of them, cracking it open, and just sucking them down like raw oysters. Love it. Oh, I noticed that you're also uh, purchasing a litter box. Do you also like shitting in a plastic cube with the feeling of sand between your ass cheeks? Later on, scooping it up with uh, a 
plastic sip. I know it's a very satisfying uh, uh, process. That's why I do it myself, too. Do I have a cat? Are you, are you fucking kidding me? I, I'm in the cat aisle of a pet store. It's not like I'm in the cat aisle of, like, a grocery store where I'm, like, you know, have my human shit with me and, like, vegetables and juices and I'm, like, happen to wander into the cat aisle. I'm, like, oh, well, wow, look at all this cat stuff. Oh, I wonder what it's like to have a cat. It's everything's all cute and shit. That's why you can ask me. That's just confusing. But no, okay? Pet store. Cat aisle. Basket full of cat food. Do I have a cat? I fucking better. Otherwise, I might be a serial killer. Uh, like I previously mentioned, I don't like it when people say stupid shit in public. I have a story for that, too. Uh, one time I was waiting in line to uh, be seated for brunch. Said that I like brunch, okay? I love a good Benedict. Anyway, the person right in front of me was trying to uh, impress his friends, and this is what he said. Well, anything can be a startup. Just look all around you. Hell, this restaurant can be a startup. No, that's not how it works, okay? Restaurants don't have uh, venture capital funding, okay? There's no uh, series A, B, and C, okay? And you know that uh, restaurants aren't rolling in dough, okay? Not only that, but we all know that what's plaguing our uh, Bay Area and San Francisco, this is one group of people. It's called restaurant bros. You know those exist, right? How they boast about how little money they make afterwards. Oh, just like talking about how great it is to work 12 to 14 hour shifts every day. Weekends, what the fuck are those? Destroying our culture with delicious food. Oh, God, this carbonara is so great, but so, so problematic. No, the term you're looking for is small business, okay? said small business, and, you know, crank down the uh, arrogance down to, like, let's say a two. It would sound better. Anything can be a small business. You're absolutely right. But no. You said startup. Not only that, but you said it in a very arrogant manner, okay? You're trying to impress your friends how smart you are. Instead, you sound like an idiot, okay? And just going by that logic, uh, if anything can be a startup, well, say that about uh, giving birth to a kid. Clearly, uh, his parents uh, invested poorly in sperm, egg, and money into his existence. Who wants to invest in stupid comments? That's all I'm trying to say. Oh, God. So, anyways, what I'm trying to say is don't say stupid shit in public. Don't. And don't ask stupid questions either. Just be a little bit more observant. Otherwise, an asshole might be making fun of you on stage. My name is Wes. Thank you so much for having me. Keep clapping for Wes, too, everybody. Holy cow. Closing out the show. This has been a great time. Give it up for yourselves for coming out here for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Give it up for yourselves, everybody. Come on, clap for yourselves. Please give it up for Mutiny Radio. Just a fantastic spot that they're doing this. This is sick. And uh, one last time for all the comics that you saw tonight, everybody. Please give it up for everybody that you saw. 
Thank you so much. Uh, I think that there is going to be a tip jar. I need to find where that's supposed to be. Uh, I wasn't given a lot of instructions. If you do want to donate extra money to the comics, we're just going to disperse that to them. Feel free. Uh, thanks again. Huh? Or Venmo. Oh, yeah, or Venmo it to. Well, actually, no. Uh, yeah, Venmo it to Mutiny, too. That could be cool. Uh, whatever you want. Uh, but tip. Yeah, but please tip the kind of idiots. Uh, this has been a blast. You're all fantastic. I've been Alex Kaufman. Have a great night. Thanks. Guests, welcome to LWAFL MOIT. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with our stinky guests, our hosts, Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Merry Christmas, Carl. Merry Christmas, Mike. It's Merry wait, Christmas, like, Carl. Why are we saying Merry Christmas? I know it's February 27th, but Merry <laughs> Christmas. Okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, welcome, stinky guests, uh, LWAFL MOIT. Thank you, that, Mike, for having me once again. Are you, you. Carl, you did the theme song. You have an interview coming up. Yeah. Research this movie. Thank you for inviting me onto this. <laughs> <I> appreciate that. <laughs> we do this guys. show every Sunday at 2 p.m. here on mutinyradio.fm. We're streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm as we do every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then specifically, 
uh, 5 o'clock on the East Coast time. You could also, don't have to stream us live. Uh, you can listen to our podcast, Drops Every Sunday Night. Uh, follow us by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. The T stands for YouTube. Uh, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie this week? Okay, this week we are watching The Funny Farm, 1983. That's what you put in the search engine, The Funny Farm. Don't put in Funny Farm, no. The Funny Farm. Put in 1983. We like the channel Crud Buddies. Right, because we are Crud Buddies ourselves. Yeah, who wouldn't yeah. like Crud Buddies? Who loves we Crud Buddies? We the channel that we're subscribing. Uh, you, you ever see uh, um, Black Sheep with Chris Farley and David Spade? Uh, yes, unfortunately, I saw that piece of crud. All right, so remember the scene where uh, this this Opie sprays a fire extinguisher on David Spade? And yeah. He, uh, and uh, Chris Farley says, hey, why don't you jump in the pool and, and wash up all that white mud? And Ooh. David <laughs> Spade says, oh, I discovered white mud. I'm a millionaire. And Farley <laughs> goes, no, no, I said white crud, white crud. <laughs> All right, I thought I would start off our show with that. I love that all scene. Right. So, all right, Crud Buddies. Uh, spirit of so, Crud Buddies. So, you know, uh, we have a, some instructions for you to do, but we also have a really exciting feature that gives you some time. So well, wait, gonna... tell, them, tell them the instructions. Yeah, right? you oh, absolutely. Find... Yeah, absolutely. So we want you to go onto YouTube, search for The Funny Farm 1983. The. The. As Carl said, we need to get the the in there. You'll find the movie as hosted by Crud Buddies. Click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero zero zero, and when we say go, hit the play button. We'll all hit the play button. Now right. we are not going to say go. We have a celebrity comedian to do our celebrity comedian countdown. Carl, yes. take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with Donna Loy. Welcome, Donna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You started at Scotty's. You took the comedy class there with Chip Ambrosio. You have blossomed to go on to so much more and become a real comedian. But why don't you just tell us about your launch a little bit? Okay. Well, I started at uh, Scotty's Comedy Cove School with Chip Ambrosio in June of or uh, April of 2017. 2017. And you go for six. 2017, yeah. They go uh, for, I think, six weeks, and at the end of six weeks, you do your, your show for your friends and family that come to see you. And it was a great launching pad. Um, I got a lot of work right away out of the gate from Scotty's. Mm-hmm. I got to network with uh, some higher-level comics. How much in your original routine for that showcase remains today? Um, I'd say a good portion of it uh-huh. and i just keep i say a good portion of it um a lot of it's changed obviously and a lot of it i've you know swapped out for other things but i just keep that particular act and then i'll just layer in and layer in and then kind of be able to pick and choose when i go to a venue if i want to do this segment or that segment or use those or just pull them out of the hat as i need them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i say maybe i'd say maybe 60 percent wow okay that's uh, still a pretty healthy chunk, right? I think you got a yeah, good I launch like my, there. Uh, <laughs> I like now, telling my own jokes. <laughs> everybody does, right? I laugh at my own jokes. Yeah. So um, 
You are, I, you're down South Jersey. Is that fair to say? Do you think of it as South Jersey? Central Jersey. Central, Central Jersey. Jersey. But even though you're Jersey far away, shore, Central Jersey. Jersey Shore, that is where, so even though you're far from us up here in the north, you still come up here, you know? I mean, you go further than Scotty's, right? If you've got a gig. Oh, yeah. Sure. I've been in Brooklyn and PA, New York, Atlantic City, wherever wherever the goods are, that's where you got to go. Yeah, I was going to mention Brooklyn. You did the rooftop shows there during the pandemic, right? They were outside at La Brea Gardens, and then we moved indoors with the Brooklyn House of Comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did a lot of outdoor shows during the pandemic. I was lucky like that. Restaurants, outdoor venues. Now, I was going to ask how the pandemic affected your comedy. You just went over, like, being outside, which was different, which was okay in the summer, right? How else have you been affected, you know, as a comedian, getting out there and doing your thing with this with this COVID, with this coronavirus crap? Yeah, coronavirus is terrible. Um, well, I... I, you know, I think like anybody else, I just have the ebbs and flows of moods that any comedian probably suffers from. Um, I try to uh, balance and keep things in perspective, you know. Comedy is something that brings joy to people. It brings joy to me. Um, obviously, like I had six shows booked this month, and I've already lost four of them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're experiencing and everyone is experiencing that on different yeah. levels. Um, but you just have to keep it in perspective, you know, when it get when it's good, it'll be going again. And when it isn't, you just have to do other things like zoom, get creative. I've done a few zoom shows. I was just going to go there every week. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to go there and ask you about what do you think of zoom? I mean, it's better than nothing, but it's not the same, right? It's not the same. It's almost like performing in front of a mirror when you're practicing. <laughs> if you, anyone does that, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but And so it's a little strange because you're not getting the reactions that you would and that rapport with the audience. But, yeah. it, you know, if you're getting paid to do 10 minutes and sit in your living room or bedroom, it's not so bad. Yeah. And it is yeah. a cool way to communicate. I'm, I do a weekly podcast every week with a bunch of comics that are all over Chicago and uh, New York and PA. Kind of cool that we meet once a week and get our yayas out. What's it called? What's that podcast called? It's called Logic and Laugh. Uh huh. Headed by Corey Stewart. I think I, I connected you with him on some level. He's looking to come down and we'll do some stuff at Scotty's. But they're all comics and they're young, and I'm probably the oldest one there. Uh huh. <laughs> so there's some generational and cultural things that I don't get or that they don't get, which is kind of cool. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. It keeps keeps me going anyway. What do you bring to the podcast? The logic or the laughter? Hopefully a little of both. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully a little of both. Well, that sounds logical. So, (laughs) (laughs) how do people find you out there on the internet, on social media? I think you've got a YouTube channel. YouTube channel, Donald Lloyd Comedy, on the social media. I'm not on Instagram. Um, I am on TikTok. I think it's called Aunt Donna Knows, although I don't manage those things. Uh-huh. I'm not too tech savvy, so I have people that do those things for me. What about Facebook, though? Yes, I have that. Donna Just Lloyd Donna Lloyd. Comedy. You'll see it. Donna Lloyd Comedy. You'll see a picture of George Burns and Jack Benny, my favorite comedians of all That's time. That's right. Yes, you do see that. Yeah. 
favorite comedians of all time. That's really, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty good company there. So, okay, Donna, everybody at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same second as we do here in the studio. We're all going to press play together. So why don't you go ahead, Donna Lloyd, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Okay, thank you. We're going to go with three, two, one, press. Oh, I'm really excited about this movie. You know, yeah. I heard about this movie because Peter uh, Aykroyd is in it, Dan Aykroyd's brother, who was right. a part of, uh, I guess, the fourth season of SNL. And then yeah. he wrote uh, theme songs, songs for, his, for Aykroyd's movies. Right, and he was in some of Aykroyd's movies. Uh, you, know, you make money off the songs, right? If you write the song to Loose Cannons, every time that plays, they get a little royalty check. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can be very tiny. But if you're talking about millions, it adds up, you know. He was in the Coneheads. He was in Dr. Detroit. Um, yeah, so that's the... Really it. That's really, you know, they, they were, they weren't, um, uh, they, they were good bro buddies, brothers, friends, right. and they co-wrote uh, screenplays together. Um Nothing but trouble in the early '90s. Peter wrote oh. the story. Dan wrote the screenplay. Um, Co-created the Canadian sci-fi show Sci Factor, which and makes sense because Dan Aykroyd is also into like UFOs and yeah. psycho bullshit. So they must have had a charming childhood. So they they uh, did uh, 88 episodes of that, and yeah, probably in their childhood, like Dan's going, "Look at that! Look what! Look up at the sky! Look at that!" He's like, "Holy crap!" It's yeah. beautiful. There must have been a bunch of They them. must have been. You know what? Peter was probably uh, saying, hey, you know what would be great? And, and Aykroyd pulls out a pen. No, Peter, tell me. <laughs> you know? But also, we should mention Peter Aykroyd passed away in November of last year. He yeah. got a, um, like a, a memorial a on SNL. Really? He had an untreated hernia. Untreated. And he died just before his uh, 66th birthday, like a couple weeks. Caused wow. by an untreated abnormal hernia. So I think he probably shouldn't have died. He uh, he probably, you know, it's sort of like a mistake. It's a real shame. Uh, I, I kind of, I knew of him through the through different things, but I have always heard about this movie, The Funny Farm. I had no idea what it was about. I just yeah. knew that Peter Aykroyd was in it. Uh, I saw it listed on FilmRise streaming. I said, shit, if FilmRise has it, YouTube has it. And God bless, it does. And the movie's about stand-up comedy. Yes, that's right. Now, what we're watching right now is um, a guy named Mark Camplin. And Mark is heading from his home in Cleveland, Ohio, all the way out to L.A. to become a big comedian. And he's, he's not going to New York City? Right. He's going Mark, to L.A. So Mark Chaplin is not driving in the early 80s to New York? No. Okay. You think that would be the destination for – okay, this is our director. Oh, pumping gas in the HBO vanity plate. You wish this movie was on HBO. This is Ron Clark, and he is our director, and he's making his cameo. Nice. And he's yeah. like, where are you going? L.A. to be a star like Robin Williams. And he goes, who? How many times will Robin Williams' name uh, will be name-checked in these? Two times. Early Two times. Okay. Two times. Two times. Yeah. Ooh, a little cassette. Is this like a uh, willpower? 
It's like I, he's gonna listen to Steve Martin. He's gonna listen to George Carlin. Yeah. He's, he's listening. Uh, you know, this was a time before you could catch any comedian ever. Right. So he has the album. And hopefully, they paid the comedians to be in this movie. You know, I like uh, Steve Martin. Oh, so this is another Steve Martin movie I never saw. Oh, you mean you mean the comedians were hearing the voice? Yeah, on the uh, cassettes while he drives cross country. Good question. They, See, they have to. They have to get royalties. I'm sure it's probably. Now here he has arrived in Los Angeles, but in truth, he's in Montreal, Canada. Thank you, Carl, for telling me that up front, so I don't have to. Because we're both Los Angeles natives, and we uh, <laughs> it infuriates us to no end when we can't recognize. Oh, the comedy tree! So he he wanted to go to the comedy tree, and it's literally closed. It was burnt down. It ha a fire has occurred, and there is noticia no nos entrada because it's burnt. So, do you think the comic on stage was like the roof? The roof. The, the roof, the is, roof off. is on fire. And we're like, hack. Shut up, hack. <laughs> no, but I'm being serious. The roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. We heard it. Oh, we don't give a damn. He's juggling. Yeah. So. Finds that the the club, the comedy tree is is gone, and so he's sort of wandering around and bumping into Greg. His name is Tony Malsworth in real life, and Greg will let him know about a comedy club called the Funny Farm. That's now, where it's all happening now. We, now, even though we are Los Angeles natives and comedians, we're not going to pretend we know the history of Los Angeles comedy, which I'm sure this movie is mirroring. And mirroring in, in close to near time. This is 83. This isn't uh -huh. like dying to get... Oh, what was that? That Showtime Jim Far uh, Carey TV show? I'm Dying Up Here, which was a, a two-season show about the comedy store. Oh, okay. Oh, so, gosh. I, I, I missed that one. I, I did see Crashing on HBO. But that's a New York comedy scene, right? It's and this, and it's not reprising the late seventies, early eighties. No. no, you're right. You're right. It's a better analogy to Jim Carrey film. And the thing is, like, okay, it's a movie till I forgive it. But it's like he's bumping into exactly the right person who's friendly and helpful. Yeah. Well, but okay. I believe a comedian coming in to Los Angeles on the first night would drive straight to the comedy tree. And then harass them, a street performer to find out where another no, set is. Harass is not the right word. It's all very nice and friendly. Oh, hey, there's the wall. Where's my picture, Carl? Yeah, you're not. This is prior to your arrival. Now, this was a comedian. Uh, her name is Majorie Grove? Ma Ma oh, Majorie Grove. Marjorie Grove. Okay. And she really went on to be a writer. She wrote for all, including Seinfeld. She wrote for a lot of things. Wait a minute, but I know who you talk. She passed away. They they credit yeah, her. As, yeah, she like, really got ripped off. She died of ovarian cancer at the age of forty. Oh. Yeah, she's really died young. And um, let's see here. She wrote for, one of our favorite shows was Get a Life. She wrote five episodes. Oh, how fun! I love that show. Uh, she's all over the place here. The Larry Sanders Show and New Hard and Alf. And she was a writer. She started as a comedian. Now we're meeting Gail. 
And I guess you're going to want to say she's like the comedy store lady. Mitzi Short. And that's probably her husband. No, or somebody. Okay, the guy she's talking to is the owner of the club. And his name is Harvey. See, it's a guy named Derek McGrath. You might have known him from uh, Cheers. He was the person who was going to, like, strangle Shelley Long. Like, (laughs) (laughs) of course. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Now, listen, did Mitzi Shore have a reputation for sleeping around with the comics? Uh, According to whom? The comics from the early 80s? Well, I'm just saying, in this movie, that's one of the main things about Dale. She's scared of earthquakes and she sleeps with the comedians. Okay, so just just for being alive on planet Earth, here's what I know about Mitzi Short. Mitzi Short opened up the seminal uh, comedy store and redefined comedy, and pretty much everybody in there became superstars, uh, came out of comedy. And then she was, you know, she was a club owner, so she – well. She owned it with her husband, who was a long-standing comedian, like Paul mm-hmm. Shore or something like that. I forget. Yeah. Not Paulie Shore. Paulie Shore is her son. Right. Uh, I forget his name, but he was a he was a big-time comedian who was always at the B level. He opened for all the big guys. Yeah, I think and he opened for his son. And having a comedy club makes sense for him. You know, that's the way to get rich and get known if you're not really, you know, making it all. So, so the, the, I guess the story story is that she owned it, but Mitzi was the brains and the power behind it and yeah. uh, ran it. And uh, I know there's a reality show called Minding the Store where Pauly Shore uh, resumed uh, control of the of the comedy store because his mom's ailing. Oh, I like how this camera. So Ron Kraft, the director, is like, "Here's your next comic. Here's a picture on the wall." Uh, Ron. Oh, is this, this, yeah. this is is this Peter, Peter Ackroyd? That's Peter. What's what's his accent? Um, he's funny. Let me remember what he's. Oh, uh, he's kind of um. See, I gotta say this is very interesting because we've been following Miles or or Mark, yeah. to literally drives up to L.A. and he walks in the club and then the camera immediately flies away from him. Oh look. You're not going to fuck me? I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. So he it's basically establishing this is where it's at. This is our – okay, here's Howie Mandel, and I was a fan back in the day. Me too. I had his album. It's like gloves. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was A really prop cool. comic album. Yeah, he's a prop comic, and he's going to do a few props here. But what the director's doing is letting us know this is the setting for the – uh, uh, movie, and the reason is it's where the comedy's happening. Now, this isn't an open mic. It is, like, in front of real people, but it so feels like an open mic. Yeah. Yeah. And all the comedians know each other. Like, half the audience is comedians. Now, it was weird. When Gail said give her the light to, um, to Marjorie, yeah. They flickered a light that the whole audience could see them flickering the light. You I've been to clubs like that. There's some oh, clubs that – well, there was a club called Doc's Lab in San Francisco, and unfortunately it closed. But they built it from the ground up, and uh-huh. one of the things they did was they had a light on the wall, like kind of like a submarine light with that kind of like metal around it. And yeah. it was very clear. And if you were in the audience, you could pick up what it is. 
So this uh, is not Los Angeles. This is not Los Angeles. This is not Hollywood or Sunset or uh, Melrose. Right in the movie, it's Los Angeles and it's the Pony Farm, the you know the Happening Club. In reality, yeah, this is Montreal, Quebec, wow. Canada. Which yeah. is crazy. Well, a lot of, I guess Peter Ackroyd was Canadian. And so uh, is Howie Mandel. Howie and Mandel. So was, uh, Marjorie. Th- these are com- uh, these are Canadian people. Okay, look, I got to go uh, uh, network, Carl. I'll be right back. Hey, great okay. set, buddy. You were great. great hey, can I get a smoke? Hey, you guys smoking pot? You guys smoking pot? Can I join this, this guy, this is Sammy, and he's selling drugs. Oh, yeah, as one does. <laughs> right. He's got a special tonight, one joint. One joint, and they'll give you a that's a that's a good deal because i would milk that joke to death in the plot sammy is the son of the very famous comedian uh philly beefish and they'll go visit philly and the director tries to show us the contrast between the established comedians who are like uh milton burrow types the vegas comedians the young comedians right isn't that the hbo term yeah young comedian special Oh, is he? So I know this guy. This is the Pinky and the Brain guy. Yeah, that's right. He's all about doing impressions. And that's what he does throughout the entire film. Yeah. And he does impressions when he's not on stage, which kind of bugs me. Like, we don't get together as comedians and do our acts off stage, you know? I know, um, Carl. Don't you hate it when a comic is doing their act? You're like, hey, what's up with the world today? And they're all like, I haven't got to the tag yet. So his name is Maurice LaMarche, and yes. he was a Canadian voice actor from Toronto. Yeah, Pinky and the Brain. He was the brain. Um, he's a lot of stuff. I mean, I even – I recognize him. That's like how much shit voice talent work he's done. I actually recognize him when he pops on screen. Uh-huh. You recognized his face. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, I, could, I recognize Tara uh, Strong. I recognize Frank Welker. Oh, drunky pissed in his pants. He goes, well, now that's funny. <laughs> so he would go on to be in Zootopia. He was Mr. Freeze from Batman. He was wow. in he, Yosemite Sam from Looney Tunes, a, a more modern one. Yeah, but no, he's the king my, of it. When my kids were young, they used to watch The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And it turns out he was in that movie. His name's huh. Dickie in the movie. All right, so fair enough. There's there's his impersonation, uh, 80s stuff. Hello, I'm Carl Sagan. Billions and billions. Yeah, you're hey. right. He's doing Jimmy Carter. He's doing, uh, you're right, he's doing contemporary. Can I, can I do my Ronald Reagan? Yes, go ahead. All right. Ronald Reagan, where's your, uh, where do you get your drinking water? Well. <laughs> Very funny. Damn, Very nah. Funny. Well. Grand slam. Well. Now, sometimes I'm wondering why do they have fake names? I mean, like, uh, for instance, Mark Champlin in our film, his real name is Miles Chapin. Why not just make him Miles Chapin in the film? You know what? It's a fictitious film, and they decided to kind of divvy up. I'm trying to think if I've seen, like, there's a lot of comedy. How many comedy movies have you appeared in where someone shows up with a camera to make either a documentary or, like, a... Uh, I was about to say zero, but I guess one. At the Wawa Social Club, this guy is making a documentary, and he just films every night. So 
So I was only on one time. It was an open mic, so it was only a joke called Luckily, Luckily, I Hit. So maybe I'll be in this documentary. I'll uh, probably never even know when it comes out. It's going to be nothing. Yeah, it's going to be nothing. I did one day. I was at a uh, comedy competition, which I don't even – it's a show. At the end of the night, it's a show. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with, with the competition. And some guy was, like, unannounced recording it. So I'm listening on IMDb for his little magic special documentary. Uh, I was on public radio, a uh, documentary on comedy, and I told one new joke that I didn't like, and that was the joke they kept. Oh, it brought, great. It, Thanks, and then, uh, uh, what else? Oh, gosh. Oh, and then uh, a friend did, a, like, an expose, like, a fictitious thing at a comedy club, which we taped. I'm in a couple of those. I'm actually in a documentary called The Comedy Club about Cos Comedy Club. I think cool. it's where Tom Sawyer's wife yells at me for not cleaning a table properly for a space they never used until maybe at the day of. Uh, but who knows? Uh, I heard it was an unwatchable documentary, but it's finally released, and they're using it as a benefit uh, recently for Will Durst, uh, which is terrific. He's a great comic, and anything to help him out at this time is terrific. So I like the documentary a lot. Did you get an IMD credit? IMD credit? No, I didn't. You know, I signed a piece of paper, or I didn't sign a piece of paper. I only heard about the movie about eight years ago where uh, I had a weekly Facebook page for a weekly show event I had, and the guy who did the movie started posting on my site, but I had, mm-hmm. you know, I had to be approved, and I kept declining it. So we've met now the love interest. So what's happened is he knocked over the waitress's tray, and it was a big thing, and Gail said, you're a twerp, and, you know, it was like a negative, but the uh, right. out of it is he's now meeting his love interest, and she's taking him to where the comics hang out after. So this is a waitress at a comedy club? He's dating the waitress immediately? Yes, immediately. And she is an actress. Now, you know, once again, like, I forgive it, because it's a movie, and they gotta move it along. Right. Um, And comics and waitresses do date. Waitstaff, I should say. Waitstaff and comics. So now he's like not being funny, but we're supposed to think it's funny. Like he pulled out a uh, Polaroid. Right. It was really a napkin. He he pulled it out of the, you know, and he's saying, "Take this. If it doesn't develop, take two aspirin and call me in the morning." Kind of thing. Uh, yeah, try too hard, man. But yeah, also, you don't. Actress, you don't. She's um. She's really all about soap operas. Uh, she's not a comedian at all. That's not why she's in this film. Her name is Tracy Bregman, and she was on Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful. That's her claim to fame, wow. really. This is something she just did. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, if she could deal with soap operas, she could deal with comedians. Look at their all guess, assholes. Yes. Is this supposed to be cancers? This is like we're seeing that they're crazy. See, he's doing his impression. Peter Falk. He's doing Peter Right. I could tell by the eye. So that's the thing. Like, uh, it's just not true that offstage comedians are crazy and kooky. Look, he goes, don't try this. Oh, salad. <laughs> oh, yes. His lettuce is a serves me, but it's okay. It's a movie. Yeah, but you know what? Usually comedians are just terrible to be with, especially the, the popular ones. Like, if, you know, you first you go know, to a scene and there's say, a table. I got to say that, like, people and there's a million of them and they're, they're all Granted. different Granted. if you listen to comedian countdown i mean I, I i hit 50 comedians last year for you guys that look like 
People say you gotta be suicidal if you wanna be a comedian. Comedians are just crazy. Okay, it's true. A lot of them are like that. A lot of them are antisocial and stuff. But it's just not true that that is the comedian. There's too many. No, that's true. But I, I mean, I've seen like just plain. You know, part of it is that there's a vulnerability on stage. So when you perform, you're you're basically exposing yourself. And uh-huh. yeah. some comedians build a way to deal with it by being, you know, it's a sole proprietorship business. You yes. don't have to be friends with anyone. And in fact, you don't even have to be polite to anybody. 